Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Praise the Lord, church. Haven't spoke to you all in a year. (laughs) Hope you all are doing well today. You can be seated uh, this morning. I'd like to reiterate the things that my husband's already said, that I realize that Mother's Day does bring with it a myriad of emotions for many people um, who've experienced many different um, interactions with their mom or being a mom or not being a mom. And uh, it can be a day of bittersweet, feelings. It can be time of joy and sorrow. It can be a mixture of many different emotions. And the thing is, it's just normal because it's life. Life brings its ups and downs. Um, as my husband mentioned, as most of you already know, life has been pretty crazy for me this past year. Um, but I feel like the Lord did drop something in my spirit um, for this morning. And I pray that I can be an encouragement to you all. I pray that I can be an encouragement to you all because I feel like that one of the tactics of the enemy is whether it's in our Christian walk or just in life, he just wants us to feel like a failure. Because if we feel like a failure, we'll just give up. Why try, right? Why try? I already failed. I feel like a failure, so I must be a failure. And I learned that in my own life Uh, this past year in some ways, and I think that the enemy does that to us as moms, too. So I'd like to talk to you all today. Um, I'm not going to open with a scripture, so I know a lot of times you wait for the scripture reading and the prayer, so we're just going to pray this morning. So, um, Sister McGee, you are the mother of this church. Would you, can we all stand? Can you lead us in prayer this morning that God would just have his way today? Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you all this morning. I want to title my subject this. Hashtag mom fail. Hashtag mom fail. I'm sure you all have seen this trending on social media. Um, And I want to share a couple of personal mom fails with you this morning. A couple months ago, it was on a Friday, I got a call from the school telling me that my son wasn't feeling well. And that was unusual for Trevor. He's usually pretty healthy and raring to go. But since it was so close to the weekend, and it seems like that's when kids get sick and then the doctor's closed, I decided I was going to get ahead of the ball, and I was going to call the doctor and go ahead and get him in to be seen. There had been a lot of kids with influenza and strep throat and everything else going through the school. So I called, and they said, yeah, we can get him right away. Go ahead and bring him. So I hurried up, got in my car, went and picked up Trevor, and off to the doctor we went. Well, about the time that I got onto Highway 41, 
I realized that I had been needing gas for about two days, and I had forgotten, and I was dangerously in the red. And oh man, I fervently started praying, oh God, please just let me make it to Fort Branch. Please just let me, and about that time, it sputtered and died. And I pulled over in the shoulder, a little bit past Toyota, called my husband, like, guess what? Ran out of gas. So my knight in shining armor came, and so we sat there on the side of the road, no gas, my little boy in the back seat, just moaning because he feels so bad. And in that moment, Man, you talk about feeling like a failure as a mom. You just got to get your son to the doctor and you couldn't remember to get gas. Then last week, I went to pick up my kids from school like I always do. It was on a Thursday. And I parked my car facing um, backwards going towards my house. Well, when Trevor got in, I was like, why did I turn my car this way? I have to go across town to get Mariah. So I turned my car around and I went across town, crossed over Poplar like I always do, got to the stop sign, got to the stop sign, turned right, and ended up at the church. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm not going to the church. I'm supposed to be going to school. So I pulled up, turned left, turned back right on Poplar, got over, got in my little spot there on the road and waited for Mariah to come out. Well, all the buses left. All the kids came out the doors. They shut the door. Trevor's like, Mom, Mariah never came out. And I thought, well, sometimes that's not unusual. She has to go back to her locker because she forgot something. So we'll just wait a little bit longer. So we sat a little bit. And Trevor's like, man, Mom, is she ever coming out? And it hit me. This is a band day. Mariah rode the bus to the middle school. She ain't ever coming out. <laughs> Trevor's like, wow, Mom. I'm like, yep. Hashtag mom fell. So let me share a few with you that I found. I kind of trolled Facebook, some of my friends and connections, and uh, share with you some of the hashtag mom fails that I found. I think Brother Zach's I got them up there for me. This one's from a friend of Tennessee. He said, dress the whole family like lumberjacks, because I thought we had tickets to the lumberjack feud. Nope, Hatfield and McCoy it was. Hashtag mom fail. When you forget to bring your little boy some church clothes. This is a pastor's wife, so they're always there way early, and she brought them. Well, he shows up to church in his Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> Hashtag mom fail, kid win. That was Sister Joanna McQueen, so if you can imagine. <laughs> ah, I love you, Joanna. I'm sure you'll hear this later. Christmas Eve. When you can't figure out why your kids' gifts haven't come in the mail yet, you look in your online cart and realize you never hit the pay button. <laughs> Hashtag mom fail. Turns out Disney Snow White is not the best movie choice before bedtime. Hashtag terrifying. Hashtag mom fail. When the wrapping paper we bought to leave out for Santa to use has just been discovered as being opened and used already. Hashtag mom fail. Mom says, I forgot it was Pirate and Princess Day at school. My kids are going to be so mad at me. Hashtag mom fail. This poor mom, bless her heart. What do you do when you find that your toddler has smashed three cornbread muffins into your bed, tossing them all over the floor, and even flour them into your infant's crib? Nothing. You do nothing. You vacuum for two and a half hours. You wash your blankets and shake off your pillows until you realize you just washed your blankets with a handful of Hershey's Kisses, your kid's scary dream kisses, and your kid says that you just stabbed her heart. Then, only then, do you freak out. Hashtag mom fail. 
Sister Rhonda shared this one with me. When Zach was young, I bought him some McDonald's french fries. And to cool them off, I hung the bag outside the car window for a bit to let the air cool them off. Well, when I got the bag back inside and looked in, all the fries were gone. Oops. Hashtag mom fail. <laughs> this poor mom went on a road trip to the city with a bunch of family in a big caravan. It was quite a long trip. On the way back home, there was a mix-up as to where our 12-year-old son was. After we had traveled all day, we couldn't find him anywhere. We thought he was with his cousins. Me and my husband panicked and went back to the city. We searched for a couple days, finally found him in the temple discussing scripture with the scribes and Pharisees. Hashtag mom fail by Mother Mary. <laughs> Being a mom is not easy. Not even for the mother of Jesus, who traveled a full day before she realized her son wasn't with him. Okay, it happens. Now, imagine, we look in the Bible, and we don't hear much about Jesus' childhood. I mean, we hear about his birth, and we hear about some time when he was at home, and the wise men came to see him, and then his escape from Herod so that he wouldn't be killed. But other than that, this is the only story that we are shown in the life of Jesus as a child, where Mary was his mom. And to me, I'm thankful that that's in there. Because you know what? If the mother of Jesus can have a moment like that, then man, so can I. <laughs> so can I. But think about it. Can you imagine if this story took place today? Trending on social media. Can you imagine the comments? How did his parents not know where he was? Why didn't his parents make sure he was in the caravan before they left the city? Who leaves their 12-year-old in a city? Are you serious? Why did it take them a full day to realize he was missing? What is wrong with this mother? Can you imagine the comments? Because moms compare themselves to each other. And sometimes if somebody else has done something a little bit worse, we don't feel bad that we lost sight of Johnny or Susie in the aisle at the store for two seconds. Oh, well, at least I didn't do that, right? But I can't even imagine how Mary felt that day. I just can't imagine. Panicked, scared. I mean, it's not like she could get on the phone and call the police back in the city and say, I can't find my son. They had to travel the full day back and start searching for him on foot for their son. She must have been scared, humiliated, just freaking out, embarrassed. I can't even imagine her trying to sleep at night to get up the next day to go search for him again. But it was tough. But as moms, we do. We try to compare ourselves. We look for other people's successes and failures. But in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, the second part of that scripture speaks to us about comparing ourselves to each other. And it says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now, I know I can speak to you as a mom because I'm a mom, and I know that we get on Facebook and we get on Instagram and we look at these perfect moms. They got it together. Their pictures look so good. Their kids are always just dressed so nice, and she's always just looks so good. I mean, we look at the Instagram picture and we see this mom that's just got her hair perfect. The kids look like models, and it just says hashtag running a few errands. And we look in the mirror at our messy bun, our raggedy t-shirt. We look at our kids with the juice-stained lips and the cracker crumbs just falling down on their shirt. And you know what? Immediately we begin to feel like a failure. We read about a mom who just had an amazing natural home birth. 
and then we compare it to our induced labor turned C-section and feel like I just failed my mom test right out of the gate. We hear about a mom who successfully breastfed triplets for a year and then feel bad that our milk supply dried up after four months. Then we see a picture of the mom that just has these perfectly little packed, neat lunches for their kids going off to school and the little healthy fruit and the veggies that are all diced and so nice and the little cheese and all the little healthy little food. And then we feel bad about the granola bar, the piece of bologna, the bag of chips, and the Kool-Aid jammer that we threw in there at the last minute. And why did we do that? Because suddenly our kid who's ate school pizza all year suddenly decided they don't like it anymore. And then we feel like we did something wrong. We're really bad sometimes about setting really high standards for ourselves, And then we beat ourselves up when we don't just get it perfect and flawless. And it's because we're unrealistic. We have this scoreboard set for ourselves. And we start, okay, well, this was a good day. Check it. Oh, no, today was a bad day. That just marks that out. And we rate ourselves and we compare ourselves and we beat ourselves up constantly feeling like we're just not good enough. But here's the, the truth. None of us are perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. And, yes, we're going to fail. But we just have to keep trying. That's the thing. Thomas Edison said, I didn't fail. I just found 2,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. I only need one way to find to make it work. My husband and I have always been fond of saying there's ideal and then there's reality. I remember when Mariah was born, and you know, when you're a first-time mom, you're just scared you're going to screw something up. You're so afraid you're going to mess it up. And we were evangelizing at the time, but we were home. And uh, Mariah, uh, when we would lay her down to sleep, of course, when I had a baby, the big thing that they were always just pushing, pushing, pushing was the campaign back to sleep, back to sleep. You got to put them on their back. You got to put them on their back. If you don't put them on, your ba- on their back, you're going to kill your kid. You have to put them on their back. And so Mariah, though, when we would lay her down, she would jerk and startle. And every time she did, she'd wake herself up. And so my mom and my husband's mom were like, you know, when my kids were little, we put all our kids down to sleep on their belly, and they all turned out just fine. And I'm like, oh, so I'm wrestling with this in my mind. I know that's what they did, but they found a better way, and I really need to do this. And, and I'm just, I was just stressing about it so bad because I don't want to do something wrong as a mom. And finally, I just prayed, and I said, God, I can't take this. I need some sleep. <laughs> I'm exhausted. So I took Mariah one night, and I laid her down on her belly, And I put my hand and I said, dear God, please just protect my child. I know I'm putting her on her stomach to sleep, but just let her be okay. And she slept for hours and it was amazing. Oh, it was awesome. But I fought with myself because I felt like if I do this, I'm going to be a failure because I couldn't do it the way they told me I got to do it. Whenever I had Mariah, I was able to nurse her successfully for a year. Well, then when I had Trevor, I thought, hey, this is good. I nursed Mariah. Everything went great. Well, I had some complications about a week after Trevor was born, um, and it caused my milk supply to dwindle. So about six months, I had to start supplementing and, um, with formula. And that's not something I ever really wanted to do, but it was reality. Kind of felt like, man, I can't let my child down. But it was without, it, and the thing is, we blame ourselves a lot of times for things that are not in our control. It's not our fault, but we make it our fault. We blame ourselves and we beat ourselves up. 
As moms, of course we want to do what's best for our kids. And then we feel guilty if we feel like we're just not giving them the best of everything. And then a lot of times what we do, though, is like what I shared earlier. We cover up our shame by joking about it. Oh, yeah, mother of the year here, hashtag mom fail, major mom fail award, you know. And we joke about it. And we toss it around really casually. And we use it to describe all the ways that we think that we are not living up to the perfect vision of motherhood. But why do we do this? Why do we do this to ourselves? A lot of times we do it, first of all, we joke about ourselves so that it cuts off the opportunity for anybody else to point a finger and say, you know, you didn't do a very good job there. Because if I've already joked about it and admitted that I failed, well, then nobody else can point it out to me and say, hey, by the way, you failed. Well, yeah, I already know that. I, took, I already admitted it and told the world, you know. Didn't you see my post yesterday, my hashtag mom fell post? Yeah, I already shared that. And then other times... Not only are we just trying to protect ourselves from someone attacking our mothering skills, we really sometimes when we do that, it's because we're reaching out because we want someone just to reach out and say, you know what, it's okay, you're doing a good job. Someone that gets on and comments and say, that's okay, we've all done it, we've all been there, everyone makes mistakes, and that makes us feel better. Because we're like, oh, I'm not alone. Other people have, you know, had times like this. Other people have felt this way. And so we get that encouragement. We just need someone to validate our feelings. That you know what? This is normal. You are going to make mistakes. But don't call yourself a failure. Because failure is an event. I have to thank Brother Mason. Because it was about 1 o'clock in the morning last night when I was printing out my final draft this morning. And so while I was waiting on it to print, I clicked on my Facebook and I started scrolling through. And he had several posts about failure. And it was just kind of, for me, confirmation that I was on the right track for this morning. And one of the things that he had up was a quote by Zig Ziglar, which says, Failure is an event, not a person. Failure is something that happens. Moms, it doesn't define who you are. Absolutely does not define who you are. We are our own worst critic. We look at ourselves and think we are just a failure. But here's the truth. All of us struggle. Being a mom is a hard job. It's a really, it's a, I tell my, being a mom is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Honest to goodness, it's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life because there's no manual, there's no class you can go take that's going to tell you how to be the best mom for your child. I mean, they can give you lots of advice, but the truth is I have to do things different for Trevor than I do for Mariah because they're unique. They're individuals. So each with each child, it changes the ball game. The rules change as each child comes along. And so a lot of times we get into those mom fail moments and we want to sink into this self-condemnation, this doubt. We start believing lies about ourselves, about our mothering ability, and we just feel so inadequate. And then we start battling depression, defeat, and then we just feel completely overwhelmed. And at that point, we just want to give up. And sometimes we even get to the point where we wonder, God, why in the world did you entrust me to be a mom of this amazing, bright, awesome kid? I just keep screwing it up. But instead of giving in to those feelings of inadequacy, then we just give in to God and lean on him. Because even as much as we love our kids and we lay our life down for them, God loves our kids even more than we do. And you think, how is that possible? There is so much love in my heart for my child, I could just burst. But God says, I love him even more than you do. And so what's so amazing is that his grace is sufficient to even cover our little mess-ups and screw-ups and mistakes. God's sovereign, right? He controls everything. He's above all things. He knows everything. He's everywhere all of the time. So we know God's sovereign. So think about this. 
God chose you to be a mom, and he promised to give us the tools to succeed. There's Zach, Hebrews 13.21. Hebrews 13.21 says, Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. What this verse is telling us is that God's going to give you what you need to be a good mom. He's not going to give us responsibility without empowering us with what we need to handle that responsibility. I remember back when Brother McGee and I were evangelizing, um, we were in Florida actually preaching for um, Brother and Sister Sizemore. And we were able, of course, we'd always been close to the Sizemore, so we were able to talk to them openly and freely. And I just told them, I said, you know, I said, I don't mind being an evangelist's wife. I says, but I just don't think I could ever be a good pastor's wife. I just, you know, I'm content to be right here, traveling with my husband, backing him up as he preaches. But how in the world, I just, I just don't think I'll ever be a good pastor's wife. Because it had already been kind of spoken. We kind of knew that was probably down the road for us. But I was just like, I just can't do that. I, there's no way. I don't have the skills. I don't have the ability. I can't do it. And Brother Sizemore looked at me, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Sister McGee, he said, when the time comes that God places you in a role to be a pastor's wife, at that time, you will find you have the skills and the qualities and the abilities you need to fulfill that role. You may not have them right now or recognize them right now because you don't need them right now. But when God places you in that position, you'll find what you need. And I believe that a lot of times that, you know, when we become a mom, we're scared to death. How many of you remember being pregnant and thinking, oh, my word, how in the world am I going to be responsible for a tiny human, for their every need? I mean, we're just, and at the same time, we have those ideas of what it's going to be like. And we find that when we become a mom and we think, how in the world am I going to get by on two hours of sleep in between nursings? And, and you know what? We finally have it. We, it. It just comes out of somewhere. We don't know where. And we're just like, thank you, God, for the strength. But we find we have what we need because God will give us what we need. You know, we're during that time of being pregnant, especially when it's our first kid. And we're just, we're scared. And at the same time, we're just so excited. And at the same time, we have all these elaborate ideas of what motherhood is going to look like. Do we not? We have these ideas of what it's going to be like. Oh, they're just going to be so perfect, and they're just going to smile all the time. And, 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 and you hear them say things like, well, when I'm a mom, I will always. When I'm a mom, I will never do that. Yeah. And everybody else that's got one kid, two kids, six kids, just smiles and nods. And inwardly, you're laughing because you're thinking, oh, my word, they got no idea what's coming. I mean, poop, puke, spit up, diapers, nighttime feedings, homework, broken arms, broken hearts. Yeah, mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we find that we have our ideal, but when the kids actually come along, there's reality. Some of us, we have really great moms that we feel like I can never measure up to what my mom was. Others didn't have a good experience with their mom and have decided they want to do things differently with their own child. The responsibility of being a mom is great, but the reward is greater. All those crazy days with spills, broken toys, phone calls. I can look back in my Facebook history and see pictures where I had bought one of my bought my kids because they just begged for it, one of those big jumbo containers of cheese balls. Walk into the kitchen, walk back to the living room, and Trevor's got them from the couch across the entire living room floor. And I'm just like, I just cleaned this whole room. 
and there's cheese everywhere. All those days, and you're just about to lose your mind. The phone's ringing. Our children, if we have adult children, they're calling, Mom, I need advice. They're, they're crying. And, and a lot of times, the adult moms are calling their moms because they're freaking out because their day's going horrible with their own children. So they're calling, Mom, how did you ever do this? I'm so sorry for what I did to you as a child, you know, all those moments. And sometimes our adult children are calling for advice. I know I'm 40 years old. I still call my mom for help and advice. I need it for sure. Um, but all these times that happen, we need to remember somewhere in that in the little thought in our mind, just remember, this is an opportunity for me to grow, too. This is an opportunity for me to grow in Christ. This is an opportunity for me to grow as a mom. This past week, I did a survey and asked a few of the moms here what their greatest desire was, their greatest wish for their children. And across the board, without fail, every single mom said that their desire was for their children to serve the Lord to follow God, to stay in the truth. Here's a few quotes. My heart's desire is for my child to walk in truth. When this takes place, all of the things I desire will follow in Jesus' name. I want my kids to see the Lord, to be healthy and happy. I hope that my kids dream big and their worries stay small, never carry more than they can hold, and of course, follow in Jesus' name. To always serve God, to remain true to him, to serve God, not to walk the same path I did, to be happy, to do better in life than I did, to grow up living for God and living the truth. I want my kids to follow after God's will and understand that if you're faithful to God, he will always be faithful to you. I want my kids to walk in truth, to reach their full potential so they can have an easy, happy, and fulfilled life. So throughout all those different things, the one constant thread that flowed throughout every comment was, I want my kids to serve the Lord. I want my kids to walk in truth. I want my kids to see the Lord. And this is the greatest desire that any of us can have for our children. Th um, 3 John 1 and 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That is the greatest joy when we know that our kids are serving the Lord. So here's the thing, moms. Here's tune in and lean and listen to this. If we care the most about our kids' spiritual life, about their walk with God, then why do we feel like such a failure and beat ourselves up if, oh my goodness, I didn't potty train them by the time they could walk? Or when they entered kindergarten, they couldn't say the alphabet backwards and forwards and speak two languages. I mean, you know, seriously, we get so stressed out over these things. And here's what, at the end of the day, we're majoring on the minors and minoring on the major. We're expending all of our energy on these little things that we feel pressure to do so perfectly. And at the end of the day, sometimes there's nothing left over for spiritual matters. And yet that is our greatest desire as a mom, is that our kids walk in truth. And yet many times our kids' spiritual walk with God, it takes a backseat to the other demands of life. And I do understand the day-to-day -day things demand our attention. I'm a mom. I'm busy. I get it. I do get it. It's stressful, and those things are important. I mean, yeah, we want them to take a bath and brush their teeth, and hopefully they've had dinner. <laughs> it's important. Those things, you know, food, health, cleanliness, that's all important. These things are important, but ultimately, their spiritual life, that's the most important contribution we can make if we mean what we say. And if that's truly our greatest desire for our children, then our actions have to back that up. Different moms, sometimes they have different causes or subjects that are important to them. Um, 
Of course, I'm connected to most of you on social media. And a lot of times, different moms, they'll share information to help other moms. I know Sister Shauna Worth, one of her things is car seat safety. Most days, you'll find a post from Sister Shauna about properly buckling your child in where the straps need to be because that's very important. She's just trying to help prevent a child from being hurt in an accident because there is a correct way that we can buckle our child in to a car seat. And here's the thing. If she promotes that, you can guarantee if you walk out there to her car and you open the door, you're going to see her son strapped in right. Right? I know um, Sister Shay Malone, um, she, man, she was a nursing machine, and she loves talking about the miracles in, of breastfeeding and how God designed us to be able to do that now. Not all moms can, but it is a miracle how God created us. And she's shared several amazing stories of, of all the benefits that you can find in breast milk and things. And she was successful in not only nursing her child, but helping share it with others along the way. Now, the Bible speaks to this in Hosea 4 and 6. The Bible says that God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, during this time, Israel was turning away from God. The priests weren't doing their job. They weren't teaching the ways and the laws of God. And as a result, the people, along with the priests, they went after false gods. And I'm telling you, if you look in the chapter of Hosea, there, of Hosea 4, they were committing all kinds of sins. I mean, awful stuff, awful stuff. They were committing all kinds of things. And, and God seemed to say partly in that scripture that part of that blame fell on the priest because the people were committing sins. And some of the things they were doing they didn't even know were wrong because the priests weren't telling them because the priests were falling into all the sin too. Well, I'm a pastor's wife and a mom. And so something that's really important for me is that I feel like part of my job as being first lady is that I help promote and say, moms, you got to raise your children in the truth. You got to raise your child in church. You got to teach them the ways of the Lord because that's something that is part of my responsibility. That's something that's knowledge that I have and I need to share that. So as a pastor's wife, as a mom, I'm encouraging you today to do your best to be a godly mother. And this doesn't matter if your kids are still in your home or out of your home and already raised. You say, well, my kids aren't in my home no more. I don't have any more influence. Yes, you do. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And you may not be able to speak words to them in conversation that has influence, but when you go to the throne on behalf of your children, you absolutely are having influence on their life. Because it's a spiritual battle. So I encourage you, if your kids are still at home, bring your kids to church. Teach them the truth. Model Christianity in your home. And listen, we're not going to get it right 100% of the time. That's reality. That's absolutely We may get upset. We got our kids home, and they're trying to do homework, and we're trying to do dinner. And, man, they're yelling, and they're bickering with each other. And we finally get fed up, and we say, stop yelling. Don't you know the Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath? Yeah, <laughs> maybe the right words, but not necessarily said in the right tone, right? A soft answer turneth away wrath. Well, at that moment, was it feeling the soft answer, Lord? So don't get the idea you got to do it perfect. We don't. If you have that idea, we're setting ourselves up for failure because none of us are ever going to be perfect. We are not going to be the perfect mom. And the thing is, some of us get in our mind I've either got to be all in and doing it perfect, or I just need to just abandon it altogether. And that's not the truth. The only way you fail is if you fail to try. That's when you fail. Mothering is not about being perfect. It's about doing our best. It's about getting back up after we've made a mistake and apologizing. You know what? As a mom, 
I've apologized to my kids. I said, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have yelled at you for that. I put the wrong kid in time out. I thought you did that, and you didn't. Yeah, we've all done it. You know. You know. Hashtag mom fell. <laughs> but it's okay to apologize. Let your kids see you as real. You don't have to act like you got it all together all the time. And if your kids see you that way and think, man, mom's always got it together, don't let them see you without allowing. Be transparent. Admit when you're wrong. Your kids are going to respect you even greater. So, oh, I can't admit when I'm wrong because then they'll just walk all over me and take advantage of me. No, actually, you're going to create a greater respect because you know what? Then when they fail and they mess up, they're going to feel like they can come and say, hey, I'm sorry because they saw you do it. Chinese proverb says, failure is not falling down but refusing to get up. We just brush ourselves off. We keep going forward. It's really important that no matter how old our kids are, whether they're 2, 22, 42, we have to acknowledge that there is a battle every day for our kids' souls. Sometimes our kids can really frustrate us, flat make us mad, and sometimes our kids even disappoint us. But remember who the real enemy is. It's not our kids. One lady said, I beg God daily for the power to be a good parent disciple and discipline my children. I ask God, God, develop the fruits of the Spirit in me and then create a spiritual hunger in them so that they will long for what they see in me. We can't forget the Word tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not warring against drama. We're not warring against people. It's spiritual. We have one enemy, and that's the devil. The enemy wants to tear you down, moms. You've been listening to that voice that's been tearing you down. You're listening to the wrong one. Because the Bible tells us that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan wants you to feel like a failure. He wants to steal your confidence. He wants to take your joy. And he wants you to walk around de depressed and believing that you're an inadequate, terrible mom. But please do not listen to his lies. God created you and chose you for this moment. He made you the mother of your child. Think about this. He chose you specifically to be the mother of your specific child. I want to pause here just for a moment, turn your attention to the screen. I'm going to show you a video of some moms who feel inadequate and they feel like a failure. But they get a different perspective. And I want you just to take a look. Go ahead, Brother Zach. I'm a perfectionist, and so that's hard with kids. Uh, there's definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. I struggle with my temper. I struggle with like how I react with situations. I wish I knew how to, I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Patience. Patience is far and away probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them.
My mom is totally awesome. She's fun to snuggle with. Pretty, funny. She does cook a lot of food for me. She's just unique. That's why I love her so much. We go on dates together. Like, we go shopping. She loves me a lot. I have a lot of favorite things about my mom. We like to watch movies together and color and stuff. We go to church together, we volunteer together. She is like my heart, I guess you could say, because she's that close to me. My favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom. That's my most favorite thing to go up high. We like get ice cream or something and like you go to the nail salon and have fun. <laughs> my mommy's my hero. She's pretty and beautiful. She is my hero. She just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative, and I guess I can walk out of here and say that I'm doing something great and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So that's, that's inspiring. This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me and they love me for what I'm doing. Moms, our kids don't look at us and see a failure. They don't. They see the good things. We're the ones that see the negative. So don't be so hard on yourself. Samantha, God chose you to be the mom of destiny. And I know sometimes it gets tough, but God chose you to be your mom. Sister Sharon, you have several children. God chose you to be Sister Rhonda's mom. Chose you specifically to be the mom of Sister Rhonda. Sister Shauna, I know it can be tough, but God chose you to be Wyatt's mom. Picked you out and said, that's the woman I want to raise Wyatt. Sister Dixie, God chose you to be Molly's mom. Picked you out and said, that's the woman I want to raise Molly. Each one of you as moms, God handpicked you to be the mother of your child. And it doesn't matter how old our kids get, nothing will change the fact that you are always their mom. Just like Mary, the Bible tells us, she was chosen many years before that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. You were handpicked by God. So be encouraged, moms. Stop being so hard on yourself. If you're doing your best to raise your child in the truth and be faithful to the things of God, then just leave the results up to God. Stop focusing on your failures and recognize the good that you're doing in your kids' lives. Some days, if the kids are dressed and clean and they ate some cereal, we accomplished a major feat. It's a mom win. It's a mom win. I'd like to change my title today, not to hashtag mom fail, but hashtag mom strong. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So think about some of the successes in your kid's life. Think about some of their spiritual milestones. I begin to sit and I begin to think about the kids in our church. 
And I begin to think about how Destiny has come out of her shell so much, how she loves doing the action songs in kids' church. I begin to think about Landon Johnson dressing up in his very best because he was asked to help collect the offering in a special service, and he took that role seriously. I think about Aiden when he stood up and read scriptures for our candlelight service. I think about Mariah coming up and kneeling down in the altar to pray with some ladies in the altar. I know there's several of you ladies that have felt her hand on your back. I think about the kids that used to be shy now standing up here every Sunday morning singing in the kids' choir. And of course, you can't help but think about Wyatt and Liam and Lucas coming up front to clap and sing and worship during our song service. Think about it, moms. Those are spiritual successes. Those are great things. Those are the things that count. Those are the things that are going to matter long term. And why did those things happen? Because you brought them to church, mom. Because you modeled praise. Because you modeled worship. Because they saw the adults doing it, so they're going to do it. So you're doing something right. And listen, moms, if you haven't always done these things, it's never too late to start. Even if your kids are grown, some moms say, well, I didn't come to God till my kids were already out of the house. It's okay. You can go ahead and start modeling a good Christian now. You can go ahead and go to the throne for them. You can go to, the, to prayer for your kids. Because kids of all ages, it doesn't matter. They will never stop looking to their mom for advice, support, and guidance. You still have influence. And you don't have to get it all right, moms, because God didn't call us to be perfect. He just called us to be willing. And we can do absolutely everything right to raise our kids in the church, and sometimes they may still choose not to follow God. But that doesn't mean that you failed, mom. Don't take it personal because you still got it right. You still gave them the knowledge. You still gave them, imparted unto them the truth of the right way, even if they aren't living it. The only way you can truly fail is if you choose not to try. Do your best, and at the end of the day, moms, go to bed, lay your head on the pillow in peace, and say it was enough. It was enough. Some days, if everybody just survived, it was enough. So don't allow yourself to get caught up in the judgment of others. Moms have debated for years and will continue to date to debate for years on what's best. Should a kid have a pacifier? Shouldn't they have a pacifier? Is it good for them to co-sleep with their parents or should you put them in their own room? Should you let a kid cry it out when they're fussy or should you carry them around? And on and on and on and on it goes. Everyone has an opinion. But you know what, moms, in that, in that moment when it's your kid, you do what's best for you. You do what works for your kid because every child is unique and no one's going to know their needs better than you. You can go ahead and come to the music, Brother Mason, if you'd stand with me. But among all the debates of what's good, what's bad, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, there is one thing that's constant and is the same for all kids, and that's their need for a Savior and knowledge of the truth. There is no debate about that. Don't get so caught up in the small stuff, moms, that we lose sight of what's really important. Because... The truth is we're never going to stop learning how to be a good mom. We never wake up one day and say, yeah, I got it all figured out now. I know exactly what to do, how to be the best mom, because you know what? That day our kid's going to come home, and they're going to throw us for a loop, and they're going to have had a broken heart or someone picked on them at school, and the teacher didn't handle it right, and here we go. Oh, my word, how am I going to deal with this? A new situation, a new day, something new comes up. We're never going to stop learning. 
as of today, from the day that Mariah was born, I have been a mom for 4,248 days. And you know what? I still got a long way to go and a lot to learn. A lot to learn. We need to throw out all our fears about failure because we just need to accept I'm going to make mistakes. But what you need to accept along with that is that even if you have made mistakes, it does not make you a bad mom. Okay? I want you to go out of here feeling confident in who you are. I want you to go out here feeling special that God handpicked you as a mother. Throw out the mom fail fears. Walk victoriously in the task that God's given you. Do your best. God's on your side. He's in your corner. He's got your back. He's going to take care of our kids because he loves them even more than we do. So don't stress over the mistakes, Mom. Don't stress over feeling like I don't always get it right. Do your best. Keep going forward. Another day. You're a great mom. God chose you to be your kid's mom. It wasn't a mistake. Can we bow our heads in here today? God, I pray that in this moment today that you would come in this room and that you would encourage every mom standing here. Every mom that has beat herself up at times, felt like a failure, felt like she's let her kids down time after time, feel like she just can't do anything right, can't get it together. But God, I pray that you would remind her today, not only through my words, God, but through your spirit right now, I pray, God, that you would let them feel your spirit coming down and strengthening them, encouraging them, undergirding them. Lord, I pray that you would pour out a blessing in their homes. God, I pray for peace and joy. God, I pray that as a mom that they would enjoy the days of being a mother. God, that amidst the stress and the messes and the things that come, God, help them to find the joy in the moments of being a mom. God, I pray for strength today. Can we raise our hands in this place and just take a moment to thank God for the privilege that he gave us to be a mom? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.